0: Happy Monday. Welcome to another sneak preview. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm
1: um, Caleb busher
0: And today we're discussing the remake of West Side Story briefly. We could not find Red Rocket, regrettably, and The Unforgivable and Encounter are getting appalling reviews, so we really didn't want to bother. We're at that point in the show where our time is valuable and we want to use it wisely. Uh, still, was- in a of Encounter, we'll be doing a countdown of our top five favorite alien horror movies. However, in the interest of variety, we are striking Alien, Predator, and Thing from consideration. We all know those are the best, so there really isn't any contest. Like, you really want to hear us talk about how much we love Alien for like the third week in a row.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I remember when I made my list, I wrote those films down, but then I wrote some other ones and I was like, I don't want to talk about these films again. I was like, I know we have some stuff cooked up. I'm not going to say in details, but we have some stuff cooked up for anyway. So you guys are going to get plenty of that coming up. Um, and we've talked about Alien ad nauseum on this fucking show and same with the thing. So it's like, those are two, those are like, I don't think we've done full episodes on Alien or thing or we've done a full episode on one. I can't remember.
0: Um, Filmgasm has done Alien, The Thing, and Aliens.
1: Okay, so see, yeah, we've 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 covered plenty of ground, and you know, not saying these won't pop up in our list down the line. <laughs> Who knows? I just for sake of variety was like, let me just not, I'm not gonna talk about those. Yeah. I picked other films.
0: I <laughs> love that we're doing this now, and yet a few weeks ago, you gave me shit for cutting the shining out of my psychological horror countdown on Oscar Sunday. I think you shit. Same re- Yeah, you did. You and Austin both gave me kind of a like, eh, should we have done that kind of thing? I remember that. And I remember thinking like, well, maybe I should have done. There was there was there there was a look.
1: I mean, that's just that's that's good on me. I got you paranoid, so I'll just keep it up.
0: The point is, I was ahead of the curve on that, and now we're doing it, and it's a good idea, I think, because yeah, <coughs> we're gonna do a list of the top five alien horror films. Of course, it's gonna be fucking alien. Because it is the ultimate alien horror movie. But there's also other films that's you know I think are worth shouting out that we can kind of do, you know. There's like alien is that in the thing or up there, just kind of untouchable, and then there's a top five. Yeah. yeah. So good. Going forward, we'll probably be doing a lot more of that. Yeah, you
1: know, I'm gonna try to vary it up when you can, especially give to or shit that you don't t- we don't talk about as much.
0: Yeah, exactly. But before we get into that, let's see what happened last week in film. Last week in film. Trailers first. uh, We got two to talk about today. First, we got the second trailer for The Matrix Resurrections, which hits theaters max on December 22nd and the more I'm seeing about this the more excited I'm getting which is nice
1: I'm still so not super excited like I saw this trailer oh um, I'm still not super excited like it and it just has a lot to do with the fact that like you know I only when it comes to the Rakowskis I only really like their first matrix movie I don't care for the sequels I didn't care for any of the movies he did after that I I know they're like Cloud Atlas is like the most loved or hated one they've done since and I'm definitely on the hated side with that film. Like I just could not stand that film. So it's a lot to do with like I just, between like the sequels and their post Matrix work it's just like it's hard for me to get excited. I know only one of the Rakowski's is involved but it's just, it's really hard for me to get excited for this. It's, I wasn't begging for a Matrix. It's cool that Caroline's coming back and doing this but I wasn't begging for this.
0: Fair enough. Uh, I've got a soft spot for the Matrix sequels. The more I watch those, the more on board I get. And um, with this one, this looks intriguing. Looks like they might, you know, he might... I think Lana is doing this one. Lana Wachowski.
1: I want to say Lana. Uh,
0: And she looks like she's going to right some of the wrongs, maybe. Uh, There's also... (sighs) reboot thing going on here it looks like Jonathan Groff might be playing like a new kind of Agent Smith which is interesting although I was really hoping for a Hugo Weaving cameo uh, I guess we'll see I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because I trust oh, Keanu Reeves judgment at this point
1: Also, sorry I'll say okay. this like I'm not going to theaters to see it like as weird as that is to say because it's like you would think Matrix it lends itself to a theater experience no I'll like if I watch it and like Josh wants to watch it with me I'll put it on HBO here at my house like I'm not going out of my way to the theater see it. To see it
0: I am the the first movie I ever saw at the Alamo Draft house was the matrix reloaded when I was uh, seven and I don't remember the experience that much but I remember thinking like I can get food at the movies oh my god so I never got to see the matrix on the big screen so this is gonna be my opportunity to do that Uh. Yeah, so we'll see. Next up, we also got the first trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which comes out April 8th. Uh, Thankfully, they don't have to shelve it for a few months while they tweak the design this time. Um, Yeah, in fact, this time, I don't know much about Sonic. I know that this time we're getting Tails and Knuckles, and I guess fans are psyched about that. So good for them.
1: I'm actually really psyched for this movie. The first, I don't know if you've seen the first one. It's, a, it's actually really, really good. I do recommend that one. Um, they did a good job of finding a way to somehow make a story out of, like, a game series that isn't known for its fucking story. Um, and kind of making this really fun movie that honored the games. And Jim Carrey was, like, it felt like a comeback for him. I um, Really enjoyed seeing him in that role. And it looks like he's going even further with it in the sequel. He's much, becoming much more of Dr. Robotnik. And I don't know if you saw Knuckles uh, as being voiced by Idris Elba. So, like, I'm, I'm really pumped because I really like the first one. It looks like they're going to go for it even more with this sequel. So, And you're right, they don't have to show it because they got the design down. So, I, I'm excited. I Like I said, really enjoyed the first one. I think this one will be just as good, if not better.
0: Well, good for you. I'm sure when when that one comes out, Maybe. I'll see it. Depends on what else is coming out that weekend or what we got planned for the show. Maybe I'll watch the first one. I don't know. I don't, I didn't grow up with Sonic. I don't have any affinity for Sonic. I know nothing about the world. So I'm not, I'm not really clamoring for it. It didn't come out on PlayStation. I didn't play it as a kid. Wow. I only had one system. I didn't, you know, I didn't have Nintendo. I didn't have Xbox. I had a PlayStation. So I played PlayStation stuff. Uh, And that hasn't changed. (laughs) Um, That's all for trailers. Now, casting. Tom Holland has announced he will be playing stage and screen icon Fred Astaire in an upcoming biopic. Uh, Apparently, he's been working on his tap dancing. It's a Sony produced thing. He's Sony's golden boy right now. Uh, So they're casting him in all sorts of shit. So we're getting a Fred Astaire movie with Tom Holland playing him. I know you probably don't care, but I'm excited
1: don't care uh i will say i do generally wish the best for him because it seems like he's kind of having some like road bumps with like outside of spider-man movies um
0: yeah
1: it a it lot because i know he's so funny he kind of has a baby face i think it's like i know one thing people keep pointing out and um i know for me like i can sp- at least speaking on behalf of the uncharted movie um it's not even that like him as nathan drake bugs me i think he'll actually probably ace it if anything who Nathan Drake is in the game. It's just, like, the movie itself doesn't look that great to me. So it's, like...
0: Mm-hmm. Um, My beef with Uncharted is Mark Wahlberg. Like, he's... No, I would not have cast him as Sully at all.
1: Yeah, like, I remember when they announced um, Tom Holland, I was like, oh, okay. I, I mean, if, I was like, if you're going for a younger Nathan Drake, I can see it. Yeah, I can be down for that, um, which uh, they obviously are. But then when they announced like Mark Roberg as Sully, I was like, "That's not who I would have."
0: I would have cast like Jeff Bridges.
1: That one would have been any like yeah. older actor would work. Like I don't know, it's just like not Mark Wahlberg. Like he didn't leap out to me as Sully.
0: He doesn't really leap out to me at all, honestly. <sighs> um, but yeah, Tom Holland, you know, Cherry sucked chaos walking was a dud um but you know spider-man has worked for him and we announced last week that he did sign on for three more movies so we're getting a lot more spider-man from him and i really hope this works out fred astaire you know big shoes to fill big tap shoes to fill and uh i will
1: will say most of these films that like have not done good have not been hit like it has not because of him From what I hear, he's good in these movies. He's just They're just not good movies.
0: Harry, I just think he was trying way too hard to not, like, to be everything opposite of Spider-Man. He was trying so hard to be something else that it came across as insincere. And the movie was like, it was trying to be a war movie. It was trying to be a drug movie. It was trying to be a coming of age movie. It was just too much. And uh, I just, I don't know. I hope he has better luck with his projects in the future.
1: Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, he says on a Spider-Man, but eventually the Spider-Man role is going to, someone else is eventually going to take it. You know, that 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 character is going to live much longer than any actor. So, like, I, I, I genuinely hope he does get lucky. I, I think he's a very, also, I do think he's a genuinely talented actor. He seems like a nice guy. I watched, uh, based off your and Josh recommendation, I did watch the uh, Hot Ones. That he was on He seems like a generally good guy So like I, I do I really do wish the best for him And hope he can find Like good work Outside of Spider-Man
0: I'm sure he will It'll just You know There's always a couple Roadblocks You know Transitioning from Icon To Lesser I don't want to say lesser work But like More indie work I guess It's, it's never going to happen Immediately You got to You know You got to find your your footing And he'll find it. I'm sure he will mm-hmm um Florence Pugh Rami Malek and Benny Safdie have all been cast in Christopher Nolan's upcoming biopic Oppenheimer set for release next year I believe might have been 2023, 2023. I don't it was 2023
1: it's 2023
0: okay so not next year uh no. I love that you're like hate following this movie <laughs>
1: I think it's like July 23rd or some bullshit like that.
0: Oh boy, so yeah, uh, they're joining. I think Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., I think Matt Damon was in there. So this is shaping up to be quite an impressive cast.
1: Can't wait to not watch this at the theaters because fuck you, Christopher Nolan.
0: <laughs> I get it, but this is such a it's a biopic of the guy who built the, the atom bomb. Like, I want to see this, I want to know that, I want to see that story. But I also really fucking hate his list of demands and a child, and I don't like supporting that, but I want to see this movie.
1: I can easily Google or read a book on Oppenheimer. I don't need to watch the movie. It's fine.
0: There is a uh, I know I've talked about the Time Suck podcast on this show before one of shows. There is an episode on the Manhattan Project you could check out. That was really good.
1: But so many options there is in this movie.
0: It's not just about learning the story. It's about seeing the performances and how this film is structured. I want to see that. I want to see Killian Murphy play Robert Oppenheimer. Like, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to see it. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be proud of it, but I'm going to see it.
1: You do that. You sell out like that.
0: (laughs) I feel like you're like a strike, like a striking union worker, like throwing a can at me for being like a scab. (laughs) It's like 1920s and you're just like scab <laughs> Fuck you. Pretty much. Look, man, I, I know for a fact Emily
1: Blunt's in this movie, and we all know how much I crush on her. Still not seeing it in theaters.
0: What she, happened to separating the men from the work? What happened to that?
1: I do separate and I'll watch it when he goes on to like streaming or DVD. Then I'll watch it. I'm just not seeing it in theater. I'm not giving him the, my theater money because he made such a big deal but I'll give him my rental money <laughs> that he's going to be pissed off about.
0: Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess I'll talk about that one alone that week.
1: Uh, so see, I'm so separate. So I'm still going to watch it. Just not the way that he intends. That's how I'm fighting us, sir. All right.
0: <laughs> Shame. He has no negative reviewed movies or else you could have a ball on our other show we'll be announcing shortly.
1: Yeah, I know. I so for me, Tenant would be the one apparently he's just having his name just means we all guys to suck his dick on a movie. But I haven't seen Tenant yet, so I can't say too much about it myself.
0: Person who is very proud about not sucking any filmmakers' dick, literally or figuratively, uh I thought Tenant wasn't terrible. It was cool visually, the performances were good story makes no goddamn sense but I'll i expected that
1: not. i'll probably hate it then because I, I absolutely hated dunkirk like i fucking hated dunkirk
0: that's that's a shame i remember when we went and saw interstellar it was like a special like 35 millimeter print and we were both so excited and we we're both like this was amazing and i remember that and you were you were so full of joy and life what <laughs> happened
1: <laughs> no one was acting like a, a baby then like I could get excited. I was like, oh, sweet. You New know, Nolan movie. And I was like, all right, let's check it out. And I do like Interstellar. I still like Interstellar. Um, I just I remember when I finally watched Dunkirk. So I, I actually don't know why I didn't see it. No, I was, it came out when I was like in and out of out of sea. So that's why I didn't see it in theaters. So then when I did watch it and I was like really excited too. I was like, oh my God, Dunkirk, here we go. I just remember going through that whole movie thinking, this is fucking stupid. God damn it. I hate this. So fucking bored right now.
0: That's, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, moving on. Uh, John Legend is involved in Universal's upcoming Phantom of the Opera reboot, titled simply Phantom. Uh, Odds are this is probably not part of Universal's new dark universe, but one can dream. Uh, Phantom of the Opera, famous Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. That's probably what they're doing again if John Legend is involved. Uh, Apparently this one's going to be set in New Orleans, kind of have a jazzy feel to it. So uh, they're, cha- they're shaking things up.
1: Makes sense Time John Legend. I thought he he's the one married to Chrissy Teigen, right? Yes. I thought they they were both on, like, some weird hot water things for fucking shit on Instagram, on Twitter, or, like, cyberbullying shit. I thought they were both kind of in hot water.
0: I think she was. I don't know if he was involved in that, but I could be wrong.
1: I don't think he was involved. Was just, I was like, one of those, like, even he was kind of laying low just because they're married. Mm-hmm. i i don't know i so many people are coming under hot water and it's it's weird um but yeah i i heard about this and i'm 50 50 on it like they're clearly like Universal's clearly like happy with what you know invisible man and seeing that you know they can finally stop moving forward on these projects that got kind of probably delayed because of covid but at the same time like i got the feeling that this wasn't part of what was I'll put the invisible man with plum house so i'm like maybe
0: yeah phantom of the opera is a weird bit of property like there's the horror phantom of the opera and then there's the musical phantom of the opera and that's the one that tends to get more attention and more like redos uh which makes sense you know that pulls in a wider audience and as much as i'd like to see the phantom go back to the dark universe this is probably a smarter move for them
1: yeah i mean I'll still I'll still watch I'll still watch it. I'll give it a shot.
0: Cool. Yeah, me too. Next up, Marvel has confirmed a sequel to Shang-Chi is in early development and Sony has confirmed Venom 3 is also in early development. No surprise here. Shang-Chi and Venom let there be carnage were big hits by today's standards. And, uh, a sequel is a no-brainer. But uh I'm wondering like Shang-Chi 2, like what's gonna happen there and Venom Three, is that gonna be the one where Venom fights Spider-Man or is Spider-Man 4 gonna be the one where Venom fights Spider-Man?
1: Who knows now? Um, I don't know if you saw in the report uh, the guy who is writing directing Shang-Chi 2, who did Shang-Chi one. Yep. He's also doing a show for the MCU on Disney Plus. So that was all that was like buried in it, but he's doing a strong G sequel on show for Disney Plus.
0: Well, oh, I wonder what that show is going to be. It didn't
1: say there's an MCU show from Disney Plus.
0: I wonder if it's going to be like the adventures of the Mandarin throughout like mankind's North. history like, just right?
1: centered around Ocarina's character to just
0: troll everyone. I'd watch that too. She's hilarious. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Smart money's probably Shang-Chi's sister running the Ten Rings. That's probably what the what the show was. That's, that's
1: what that's, I'm thinking. I feel like because they left, you know, enough dangly plot threads at the end of the first movie to like the movie can go in one direction in one direction the show can go in another. So
0: I I read a cool fan theory that the uh, the ten rings are actually uh that belonged to the uh, the heralds of Galactus and now that they're activated like he's on his way
1: hmm.
0: so that's kind of cool I wonder what I that, that'll that mean something
1: we will find out um, right. no I, I mean look I, I'm i excited I really like Shang-Chi so I'm excited for you know a sequel and Venom Let There Be Carnage was to me everything I kind of wanted Venom to be like they just streamlined everything and hone in on what works so yeah I'm now for Venom 3
0: yeah me too i don't think carnage is gone you know i think he's still in venom just kind of by this time we'll see him again
1: just waiting um
0: yeah uh a bit of sad news a couple unfortunate deaths this week i wanted to talk about uh oscar nominated director lena wertmuller has died at 93 years old uh she made film history in 1977 when she became the first woman nominated for Best Director at the Oscars for her film Seven Beauties, which also earned her a nomination for Best Original Screenplay. I uh, had not seen Seven Beauties, but a trailblazer like her couldn't, couldn't not give her a shout out. So rest in peace, Lena Wartmuller.
1: Yeah, RIP.
0: R. Yes. Um, and also Oscar-nominated actress Kara Williams has died at 96 years old. Williams was nominated for a performance in 1958's The Defiant Ones, a film that uh, Austin and I talked about earlier this year on Oscar Sunday. Williams also appeared in the series Pete and Gladys, as well as her own sitcom, The Kara Williams Show, in the mid-60s. Yeah, she was good. Her scene in The Defiant Ones is one of the best in that weirdly paced film. But uh, yeah, rest in peace, Kara Williams as well. RIP. Finally, I wanted to end on some positive news here. Kevin Feige has confirmed that we are going to see Daredevil in the MCU in the near future, and he will indeed be played by Charlie Cox, who played the character on the Daredevil Netflix series for three seasons, as well as the spin off miniseries, The Defenders. So, Charlie Cox is back. Uh, when that happens we'll, uh, remains to be seen, but we are going to see him again, which is great.
1: No, uh, that made me happy. Like, it because if there's one thing you could, I feel like you could take from like that whole Netflix era shows is that like they got a lot of really good actors involved in those characters, and um, I know there's been the rumor mill surrounding that they are keen on keeping John Berthall. Um, I'm hoping that with this announcement Charlie Cox that does mean that like it will like get confirmed like they're like wanting to keep John Berthall that he stays on Punisher. Those are the two guys I want to see keep going in their respective characters.
0: Well. I feel like the way Spider-Man no way home is kind of, you know, picking and choosing what fans liked from previous Spider-Man movies. I think that they're going to be doing that for the Netflix series as well, grabbing actors and, you know, that fans really appreciated. I think, you know, the fact that Charlie Cox is coming back as Daredevil opens the door for Kristen Ritter, Mike Coulter, John Bernthal, Vince D'Onofrio, all these actors who possibly might want back in are going to get back in.
1: Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, again, they were all to me really good. Like, I know out of all of them, like Chris Miller kind of gets like the most flak. So I know a lot of people like very like love it, hate it with her show. I was a big fan of Jessica Jones. I thought it was actually really good and different. Um, I really liked her in the role. And yeah, Mike. I mean, Mike Colter. I know he's kind of doing that show evil right now. He's like one of the main characters. But if he can come back to play uh, Luke Cage, some more, I'm down.
0: Yeah cool thing about it like the mcu is like yeah it's like a you know decade-long commitment but not all the time i mean you're filming you know you film an iron man movie you go film do little you go back and you film something else like it's just the way they do it is very smart
1: yeah, yeah. so like i said awesome to get charlie cox back charlie Cox back hoping to hear some of these other actors will be coming back in their roles because i like I, said, I really liked a lot of what they were doing in those shows Minus like how like you could argue the show's gonna be thirteen episodes long and other issues, but if there's one thing I did like it was the actors, minus fucking Iron Fist, dear God.
0: I think there's one thing all the fans want is Iron Fist to be just expunged from our minds.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I it, if he, up. I don't,
1: God, <laughs> if anything, maybe Sean chi can find a way to fucking redeem that character and actually get a good actor for that role.
0: Yeah, I, I had such high hopes for the first seasons of all, of most of those shows were so good. And then the Defenders was such a disaster. And that just made me lose like overnight interest. I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: do, no, I watched The Punisher. I finished that one because I really liked that. And even that I was like, this is a this is terrible. Uh, what they did with Jigsaw was fucking horrendous.
1: Oh God! And their defense of it was just like
0: emotion mine. scars. Fuck yeah, he, you.
1: He's so vain that that. Would, I was like, no, I don't. I don't care. I want Jigsaw. <laughs> oh, I want God, Dominic
0: God. West wearing three layers of like latex. You know, flesh torn up. That's what I want.
1: Yeah, especially because I remember at the end of the first season, the way he fucked him up. I thought like, oh fuck yeah, we get Jigsaw because like he fucked him up, and then that's all we got. I was like, God damn it. <laughs>
0: If somebody, like, literally dragged my face across a mirror like that, like a broken mirror completely ripped open my face, and then the surgery made me look like that, I would be fucking grateful. I'd be like, I look like a human being. Thank you so much. <laughs> he looked perfectly fine. I wouldn't be pissed about that at all.
1: Yeah. It, uh, but, in, like, in all fairness, I remember, like you were saying, those first seasons, man, I really liked the first season of both Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Both those yeah. first seasons kicked ass. Luke Cage, I like the first half. The moment uh, Marshall Ali, Marshall, oh there you go. Sorry, I fucked that up. because I was saying it the whole way. Mahershala Ali. Uh, the moment his character got killed, Conmouth. Like to me, that whole second half just is not nearly as good. Like he was exactly. such a great villain, and he's such a good actor that it was just like, okay, I don't care anymore. And Iron Fist, like, oh god, it was like I, I powered through all 13 episodes it was such like it was like the next day would hit and i'd be like oh god i'm only on episode seven. Oh god
0: the first half of daredevil second season with you know introducing frank castle and kingpin in jail that was great the second the hand became the overpowering thing in all of these shows it start, like it, it just fell apart
1: yeah that fell apart, which is weird, though, because then, like, the third season of Daredevil was consistently good.
0: I never – I never – I haven't watched it yet, I, I don't really have any plans to. Oh, well, the
1: whole third season's good, so they have a whole, like, one-take prison escape scene, like, when, like, Kingpin uh, releases all the inmates and, like, Daredevil's in there, and he has to get out. It's really cool.
0: Isn't Bullseye in that season?
1: Yeah, he's really good, too, actually. The guy that got to play Bullseye. It was a really kick-ass fight scene in, like, an office with him and Daredevil. Like I said, the third season was, like, they legit, like, corrected everything from season two and made the whole season worth it. So I'm with you. I remember the whole, like, first half of season two when it was, like, him and John Bertha. I was, like, Punisher was fucking – I was in. Like, the moment John per- Berthold called him red, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, here we go. Like <laughs> – and yeah, the moment they switched off him to do the hand, I was just like, all right, I don't care anymore. This isn't as entertaining.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully. I wonder how much, if any of that, is going to end up being MCU canon for these guys. Probably nothing. I imagine it'll be a clean slate. But um, it'll just be cool to see them again. Yeah. Okay, well, that's what happened last week in film. Always cool, this segment. It's always a variety. You never know what's going to happen. Um, so this week... I saw the release of four movies, uh, two of which were getting panned and we didn't bother with it, one of which we couldn't find and one of which one of which only I had interest in. So West Side Story, yeah, let, me, uh, let me say a little bit about that. I feel like I've been talking about this constantly. <laughs> we just did the Oscar Sunday on the original one and I, I've had so much West Side Story happening to me lately. It'll be nice to put it to bed.
1: I've had zero because I could care less about this fucking movie. I
0: know, I know. Uh, So, first off, this is a remake of a ten-time Oscar-winning American classic, which you've got to have some sack if you're going to do that, if you're going to remake a movie this beloved. And Spielberg was maybe the only director with the clout to pull this off because the West Side Story remake Like outshines the original movie in every way, which I did not think was going to happen because I don't really like the original West Side Story. I think it's too long. I think it's dull. I don't like the brown face. I think the songs don't like don't make sense in the moment. Like the moments they choose to have music don't don't add up. You know what I mean? Like it's it's they don't pick their moments right, and uh, I can't take them seriously as a street gang when they're prancing around. It's ridiculous. The new one was way more sincere, uh, actually made the gangs threatening as legit like street gangs. The chemistry was better, I thought, among the actresses. And the, the actors and actresses, they also used actual uh, Hispanic actors, which was nice, not just Natalie Wood and George Shakiris in terrible brownface. Um, and there was just this intensity. Uh, I, I was in. Uh, I thought the songs were like more powerful. I don't know. Some about this one just was better. Um, I gave it an eight. I recommend it. It's, a, it's an enjoyable time with the movies. It's two and a half hours long. So prepare for that. But it is a good movie. And I think this is going to have, going to be making a splash come uh, award season. So there it is. West Side Story. I'm glad you liked it. I'm not seeing this
1: movie.
0: You got got to widen your palate, man. You can't just cut off musicals.
1: I do watch musicals. I've seen Anna and the Apocalypse.
0: Not just horror musicals. (laughs) Ordinary musicals.
1: No, those aren't fun. Horror musicals are where it's at.
0: Okay. You know that same guy who wrote West Side Story wrote Sweeney Todd, right?
1: Okay. I like Sweeney Todd. Doesn't mean I'm going to like West Side Story.
0: Might. There's... There's violence, there's, you know, there's a rumble. It's pg thirteen Spielberg, based off a
1: 50s movie. You can't try to tell me those are violence.
0: It's a 60s movie. 60s, whatever.
1: You can't can't convince me that there's violence.
0: Well, not in the original, but in this one, there's, like, actually quite a bit of violence. Like, he actually did, like, it it feels real this time.
1: Someone's head get ripped off, eyes gouged out. Penis cut off. Come on.
0: You guys get stabbed, and another guy gets like shot. Uh,
1: wooden, wooden broom handle through the asshole and out the penis hole. Nope. A lot
0: of hot latinas dancing around. Does that help?
1: I can watch porn. It's fine.
0: Okay. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> okay. Um. West Side Story, if you, if musicals are your thing, go see it. If not, don't. I don't need to tell you that. Um, so in honor of a movie we didn't watch this week, which is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> and I don't even think Encounter is a horror movie. I think it's a, like a sci-fi drama, but fuck it. We got
1: advertised as a horror film, and everyone's like, it's not that at all. <laughs>
0: Well, we decided, you know, we're doing these every week now. It's more fun for us to not just cram a bunch of movies we don't care about into three days. We'd rather just see what we want to see and then do some spontaneous shit, which I think is working out. Um, so yeah, I
1: didn't have to watch West Side Story. So
0: even if we were doing the old format, you you still would have fucking gone to see West Side Story. I feel like you would have just like tried to play it off like you did. <laughs> you'd have like the Wikipedia synopsis up, and you'd be like, "Yeah, how about that part with that guy?"
1: <laughs> I don't know if I had that reviews like the whole nine put up suck. talk about
0: <laughs> oh. um so anyway we decided alien horror you know horror movies revolving around aliens not just sci-fi horror alien horror Because there's something so i don't know creepier to me personally aliens and ghosts is what freaks me out when it comes to horror uh Maybe it's the possibility of you know both being possibly real. It gets under my skin. Maybe it's you know the creativity they're allotted. I don't know, but you know, the first thing they ever scared the shit out of me was an alien movie, and no evolution is not on my top five. It's a horror movie to me only. I know that.
1: <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> you.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, this is just something fun we thought we'd do. Uh, we're really just killing time till Spider Man. So. let's let's kill some more time (laughs) prepared our top five favorite alien horror films uh so why don't you start us off
1: i will also well they got a sequel that's the most recent one but nonetheless uh also number five i picked the film that still blows my mind that you didn't like the first one but you like the second one for it's the exact same fucking movie and that is A Quiet Place. Okay. I, 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 I still don't fathom how you don't like this one, but the second, I, which is literally the, literally the same movie, you like.
0: Not the same movie. There's the more in it.
1: There's the same amount in it.
0: There's more. You had the opening that like showed how it happened. You had the okay, whole you didn't village. You so. had like the, the different story converging. I thought the second one was
1: brilliant. So, you had the, the boat people, which is like every other post apocalyptic movie that has a tribe of weirdos. You had an opening that you could have just easily inferred in the first movie because it doesn't take that hard of imagination.
0: I don't so, infer shit. When your movie, so, I want to know what happened. God damn, I I will not apologize for that.
1: I'm just saying, you your reasoning is just not sound. But as. Hey, sound, see they hunt by Sonic see what I did. There? <laughs> <laughs> but the first Crap place, this is an excellent uh, take on um alien horror in that I they really did out fucking this like hell of a job with the sound department in this movie and how like you absolutely had to be dead quiet. Or all these things will get you. Um there's a lot of great scenes um where like I think one of my favorites is actually when she loses her hearing aid, the daughter and the alien pops up behind her, and you just no, again, no sound. You, you just kind of see it come up on her, and you're like, shit, hurry up. Like, it's right behind you, and her, you know, her hearing fucks up, and you can see it reacting to the hearing aid, but she can't because she can't put here. So, you know, a lot of really cool scenes, a lot of tense scenes. I so stand with that fucking birthing scene. It's probably one of the most intense fucking moments in recent horror. Like, goddamn. Um... Yeah, it really kind of surprised me with John Krasinski, you know. He was, you have the guy from The Office that was kind of doing some stuff with, like, Jack Ryan, um, the fucking Benghazi movie. 13 Hours, I think, is what it was called. And I was like, okay, he's doing some cool stuff. And then when I heard he, kind of like John Poe, right, I heard he was doing this horror film. I was like, really? Dude from The Office, Krasinski? Isn't he doing, like, action? Like, what's going on here? And he delivered to me a very excellent, well-done film that had a just as good sequel come out recently because they're damn near the exact same movie.
0: Good for you. I disagree. I I don't care for the first quiet place. I think it's boring. I think it's yeah, pretty much. That's it. It's boring. I, I didn't, I couldn't get into it. The second one though, I was drawn in pretty, pretty quickly. I thought, I think the opening of the second one is brilliant. Just from the, seeing that the meteor hit the earth and then just watching the carnage was so cool. Uh, And I liked, you know, adding more characters, building the world, having them kind of, you know, feel guilty about losing Krasinski and now kind of working towards building a better life in his name. I like that. Uh, Yeah. So agree to disagree, I guess.
1: Your opinion is just so wrong.
0: Quiet Place 2 nearly made my top five, but I decided not to. Uh, My number five is... uh, goes all the way back to the 50s uh a film i watched on a whim i knew i was gonna probably like it but god damn, did and i not? i didn't expect it to be as creepy as it was uh 1956's invasion of the body snatchers oh, the 56 version i have not yet seen the 70s one so i can't judge yet but i'm sure that'll be great but the 50s one is a brilliant allegory for communism in at a time when they were we're not subtle about that shit uh you know better better dead than red and all that shit but uh yeah it's really simple pod people take over the world they're taking over you know people you fall asleep they take you over there and you're an alien now and they just want to make everybody the same and one guy is like no that's wrong you're next and it's still great it's still an awesome watch. Super creepy, unsettling. The way everyone just kind of moves at the same direction, like a hive mind, is unnerving. And uh, it's a really cool movie. Like, really a, a pioneer of the subgenre. Uh, definitely a great watch if you uh, can stumble upon it.
1: Actually, I, was, I haven't seen the 56 one yet, so I haven't seen this version of the film. But I've heard, like, this and the 78 ones tend to be, like, the two I hear about the most when it comes to, like... Many adaptations of this. I've seen the
0: the 2007 one with Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig. I've seen that one, and that one is terrible.
1: I've heard good things about that one. I've avoided that one. But I want to do, like, one day, like, a double feature of, like, this one, the 78 one.
0: That was fun. I've I've got both of them. I I just got to sit down and watch the 78 one. I want to see, you know, Leonard Nimoy play somebody other than Spock. That'll be cool. I think Goldblum's in it. Donald Sutherland doing that, like, you know, Point and scream, famous Yeah, it happens at
1: like the end of the movie.
0: Yeah, that'll be maybe you know maybe we'll throw that on the docket for next year.
1: Yeah, I'm going yeah. to watch it. That's why when uh, a certain movie got us Spout" got picked, I was like, oh, finally, because I can watch it. Because I've been meaning to watch it. So
0: I've seen that, and I was like, I obviously you probably probably know, like I didn't care for it,
1: but <laughs> I didn't know, but it doesn't surprise me.
0: But, you know, the second watch is important. I knew Josh was going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> but, no, more on that next month.
1: Yes. <clears throat> Alright, my number four is one that might be controversial now because of the director and the, recent, the more recent scandal that happened with him and him not after... Mind you, after those was a big deal about him coming back and making a movie again. Um, this is the number four. It's a Nicholas K. starring "Color Out of Space." The what not your most traditional alien horror film. I do consider it alien horror, um, but it's definitely different from what you're going to get. Um, it's because it's Lovecraft. It's based off a of Lovecraft uh, story, and like I say, different because the alien in this is not. It's not like the for lack of a better term, the little green people that everyone just associates. It's a color. That's what, like, the color is like, the enemy, hence title. And um, I just, I really like how this movie plays with your mind. Like, it starts out, like, it presents you the family, kind of what they're doing in the moment that oh Ashley gosh. hits. And, and you don't even realize how it's already starting to affect them. Until, <laughs> so, like, things get weird. And it has... <coughs> <laughs> it has one of the most haunting moments to me when uh, the son and the mom get to really know each other. For lack of a, a better word, it's that's a fucking some haunting imagery you're going to see. Um, if you're looking for a cage freakouts, oh, you're going to get it because I will never forget the scene where he's like, like yelling and throwing the dishes. As he's yelling, and each dish is like a word, it's great. Um, yeah, I really end up liking this movie. I've been made to pick it up, I don't have it yet. Politically, Josh has it in his collection. But if you're definitely looking for something like different with your horror, obviously, Lovecraft flair, go for it. Like I said, I know the director has uh, he had allegations, which Stanley prop up, and he is in hiding, flag for better, better word, but. Again, if you can separate art from artists, it's a really good movie.
0: I, yeah, I, I watched this uh, last year, and I remember not digging it that much, but it was mostly a, a pacing thing. <coughs> Another film I'd like to <laughs> try again.
1: You just don't, you just don't like good movies.
0: Why well, we have a podcast? So I can talk this shit through. I watched that movie outside the show, so I didn't have the opportunity to kind of dig into it. So you know, you want me to, you want me to try things again, bring it to the show. <laughs> Speaking of the show, my number four is an episode we did a few months ago. Um, hilarious horror comedy by James Gunn, 2006's Slither uh yeah this this movie's a delight uh an episode that ended up being almost two and a half hours long just because josh and i couldn't stop talking about like hot soda it was, a, it was an interesting some
1: warm mr pib he was having and i saw my uh questions about why he's doing mr pib and not dr pepper
0: <laughs> i don't know but yeah this one's you know full out uh full on gross out body horror uh and just some remarkably freaky visuals while also being very slapstick and very down to earth and funny as is, you know, James Gunn's sensibilities. Uh, definitely a fun watch. And um, it's got one of my, one of the best songs I've ever heard from a movie, uh, baby I love you by the yay uh, which is the end credit song and the lyric the, the chorus of the song is baby. I love you. Just leave me the fuck alone. Which is the best? Like I've never heard a like we need space song, and it's it's it fits the situation so perfectly. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of a lot of good things to say about Slither.
1: Well, we can continue saying those good things because we have overlap. But you're lucky because it's actually my number three, so it's my next one anyway. Is also uh, Slither. Um, I'm with you, man. This movie. Before I even really knew James guns gun was i wanted to like check the socks i'd heard about it so i'd like it was one of the many films back when we were you know had netflix dvds so i'd go into a video store my parents had so with like two dvds so they would always pick something like we could all watch and then i had second pick on that other dvd and that was one that i had like i had snuck in there real quick i was like oh well okay we picked the family one i want to watch this and i put it up there and I just fell in love with this movie. It's, it's like I said, man, it's, it's funny. It's horrific. It's gross, but in, like, a good way. Like, there's a lot of goo, if you will. Um, not even, like, blood. Just goo. It's it's, it's quite something. Um, and it it has, like, you know, I know there are a lot of them are James Gunn staples, but, God, does this is, man know how to get a cast? I know we've talked about it before with him. But the cast for this is, like, a lot of people, you'll be like, oh, hey, it's it's like the feeling oh hey it's like like you just like there are a lot of good people and they're all great like i yeah this movie is it's just so fucking good um like i said i have questions i guess it makes sense that the mayor's doing mr Pip because the mayor's an asshole so of course he'd get the second rate soda so like you know the good stuff um but yeah actually i remember when my my last day on the on my ship like my when I was doing my duty days my the when I would be able like stuck on the boat um all day and all night you know I bring my laptop to watch movies and it was my last duty day and they were like hey pick some movies I remember I actually picked this one it was like the last movie I watched and um of course this one guy used to not shut the fuck up because he didn't like horror to begin with and he just kept me he kept he was loud but he, he would get on my nerves and he'd just be like just turn it off. It's, just, it's not even like, it's just gross, dude. Just turn it off. Like, And I was like, shut the fuck up. I'm watching a movie. I, I watched the whole thing. I didn't care. I was like, I'm watching this whole fucking movie.
0: Some people are just pricks. Some people just don't like people to enjoy things. I mean, at least, you know, I don't like a quiet place, but I don't try to take it away from you. <laughs> <sighs> this is true.
1: They were, they were, I, admittedly, I was kind of fed up because it was like between them and their guy, it was always a bitch trying to find a movie because they were very picky about what they wanted to watch. And I was like, this is my last DVD. Fuck off. I'm watching what I want I want to watch this.
0: Nice. Yeah. Slither's is a, a funny movie. Definitely. Put, you combine that and Super and you totally get why James Gunn was offered Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah,
1: well, I, I love that the, uh, the <laughs> Slokes pop up in uh,
0: Guardians. Yeah, they're in the collector's collection.
1: Yeah, so there's there's a horrific planet out there of slugs.
0: Freaky. I would love if they. It'll never happen, but like in Guardians Three, if like it, it opens like them trying to escape that planet and like just they fight the slugs for a bit, it'd be fun.
1: If you could find a way to make it PG thirteen, I'm freaking away with it.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. I figured that was going to be on on your list too. Um, <laughs> My number three is a film that really got under my skin. One of the creepiest alien abduction movies I've ever seen. It kind of combines alien movies, but with like the, the tone of like a haunted house kind of thing. It's called uh, 2013's Dark Skies. Um, this this movie is so freaking. You don't even know it's aliens till like 45 minutes in. And then you're like, oh, this is what it is. Like you think this house is haunted. And then they're like, no, you've been chosen by the Grays. And they go talk to J.K. Simmons and he's like, I'm so sorry, but once you've been chosen, that's it. Your your family's been marked. So good luck. Like that's horrifying to be told in the movie, like, you you can't you can't beat these guys. Like, this is it. You're already dead. (laughs) That's so scary. And the actual abduction is unnerving as hell. You never see these guys. They're always like in the background, in shadow. They're just, you know, the traditional thin body, big old head. You never see their eyes. It's just the outline of a traditional alien. But the atmosphere is so unnerving. It's it's brilliant. Such a great movie.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. Saw, I saw this on your recommendation. I remember you were telling me about it. And I, I, I rented it. And I was like, oh, this was like, like you said, it's pretty. I've only seen it once and my memory is resting on it. I do remember thinking, like, yeah, it's really cool that you applied, like, the haunted house aesthetic to an alien film, and then, like you said, the bigger goes that they're going to abduct them, and there's nothing they can do about it. so it's it's very right. different, take like, on alien horror, and I, I, I remember really enjoying it. I just haven't seen it since I rented it that day.
0: Yeah, I rent. I, I watched it on Netflix with my grandpa in the middle of the night, like, right when it came out, and that was not smart, because we live in the hill country, and it's just dark out there, like, you look outside, you can't see anything. So it's very easy to imagine the outline of an alien just standing at the door. <laughs> so that, that freaked me out. And then I watched it again earlier this year uh, just for kicks because I was like, I remember that being really good. And I was like, yep, I was right. Yep, this is still creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice.
1: Well, I'll, I'll have to recheck it out one day.
0: That's yeah, okay. definitely one I'd love to do on the show. It's a really good movie.
1: I mean, that's definitely appropriate for me to check it out. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, all right, my number two. So I kind of, I guess you can say it's kind of stretching alien horror on this one. because It's more of a segment, not the whole movie. But I would be remiss if I didn't include it on here. You know how much I like this series, at least three out of the four movies now. Um. And that would be number two, VHS 2, the slumber party alien abduction segment. Um, I usually, when it comes to anthologies, uh, I gotta say, Alien's not the one I would usually go for because I just think when anth- doing a short story in Aliens is never satisfying, but this one pulls it off and mainly because it it is exactly in the title. Like, it's like you know, the setup set, it's these kids having like. Stay the night over. They're just supposed to be watching, them, but then like she brings a boyfriend all- over. The boyfriend and her are kind of douchey to the, the little burn his friends, but the little burn her friends are kind of like also in turn douchey. It's just like you can kind of tell it's a like fun sibling rivalry, rivalry, and out of fucking nowhere, like you see little hints, kind of like as it's progressing, like there might be something there. And I'll never forget that fucking scene when the alien just like as they're arguing the light thing happens and you see it fucking fly up into the view of the camera and scares to show you. And from there it's a fucking assault on this family and you're just watching it happen from again that, you know, it being found footage from essentially a first person point of view. And it still stands as like one of my favorite segments in that. And, and to me it's a really strong anthology film, like VH2 is a very strong anthology film in my opinion. And I think this was the one they ended it on, if I recall correctly. And what a hell of a way to end your fucking segment because this just, once it gets going, it doesn't fucking stop. And it's just like you were just you're in, until they finally fucking roll those credits.
0: Yeah. VHS two, I think, is the best of the franchise. There's not really a weak link in that one. And slumber party alien abduct. I don't. I don't remember the full title. Slumber Party
1: Alien Abduction.
0: Slumber Party. I wanted to say Slumber Party Massacre just out of, like, instinct. But Slumber Party Alien Abduction is, yeah, it's creepy. And I love a little bit where they're swimming and the camera dips into the the lake and you see that fucker just swimming towards the kid. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Because at that point, you don't know what's going on yet. So that's like, what was that? And yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah okay. and then they do such a good job of having them like purposely set it out in like an open area. So like if you're watching this and you live in this in a house with like plenty of acreage and no neighbors around you, like it's extra creepy because that's like where this film takes place. All this segment takes place, which so is like, oh. it yeah. Th- this was a really because like I said, it's, it's the whole film is filled with strong segments. And I personally, my favorite segment is still the safe haven segment with the cult. Like yeah. that's a damn. But this, oh man, this is also to me a very strong segment. Like it it just grips you and like it's, it's horrifying. It's fucking, I was a little scared when I first saw it, so.
0: Yeah, creepy shit, man. Um, I had, yep, I had a feeling this was going to pop up too. Uh, definitely a good one. My number two uh, might be a little controversial. This film isn't totally revered. A lot of people hate it. I know you don't really care for it. Uh, but it's a movie that freaked me out as a kid and continues to just give me the willies. Uh, 2002's Signs. Uh, Yeah, I can see see right now. Yep, you don't don't care for this. I know that. But try to imagine seven-year-old me, fresh off Blue Monkey, going back to the movies, and seeing that fucking alien for the first time and having every cell in your body freak the fuck out at the same time. And yeah, it happened again. I got dragged out of the movie theater by my dad, who had to convince me that aliens weren't real. <laughs> and he didn't pull it off. <laughs> but it was, a, it's super creepy. Signs is terrifying because of how realistic it feels. The, to see a global alien invasion from the perspective of one family is really smart and creepy and also I love the whole crisis of faith thing the little weird instances that happen like the dogs are acting strange they can hear something in the baby monitor that part where on the news like a bird just flies in like into something invisible and drops dead in the middle of this guy like it's all about what you don't see you're just told about everything the whole time and I just thought that movie was so thrilling and suspenseful and just a real masterclass in keeping the audience at the edge of their seat. And there's like, there's terrifying moments in it. Like, you know, the kid's birthday party. And when Mel Gibson wakes up to see that thing standing on his barn and it's like a brief shot, and you just see this like eight foot tall freaking monster. I love signs and I will challenge anybody. Yeah. It's, it sucks that water kills them, but everything leading up to that was great.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, like, I won't say that there's not a lot of good moments. There's a lot of good moments in science. Um, like I said, that that scene with the alien rocks past during the kid's birthday party is generally terrifying. So you just, there's no lead up to it. It's just, like, it happens and there's a stinger. Um, yeah, there's a lot of creepy imagery throughout. It's, like, like I said, it's just for me, like, the twist ending. And I know some people make the argument where, like, they wouldn't know, you know, until they actually invade Earth. And I'm like you can't tell me they didn't know in some way like the whole point is that anything's more advanced so i really they couldn't figure that shit out but again that's just why I, I it's hard for me to get into it's like that twist
0: well it's said in the movie that these guys are probably scouts who are there to test the environment to see if it's you know if it's frightening if it's bad for the for the the race so th- those, these are the guys testing the waters so to speak I might give it a rewatch one day. Might. Going to do it on the show at some point. Like that is Signs is a special one for me. You know there's so few films that have fucked me so hard and made me scream. So that's one of them. So it's going to have it's going to be talked about. I know. I know. <sighs> ah, I wish you liked Signs more. Okay.
1: Well, if, it, if helps, it helps, my number one much like A Quiet Place is a film you don't care for at all. No, I think you're incredibly wrong. And number one is the Vin Diesel starring Pitch Black. I should have known. I gave you a warning. Technically, I texted you like, there's one film you should know is
0: going to be on my list. In that moment, I was like, it's probably Pitch Black. (laughs) (laughs) I remember thinking that and I forgot until just now.
1: Well, I'm here to remind you, <laughs> but unlike your wrong opinion, sir, I find this film to be just very engaged very exciting, very engaging. It has, you know, Vin Diesel, and to me, the only role he ever has a attempt- Well, I won't say the only role. I heard uh, there's some movie did where he has hair that people keep saying is really good. And- <laughs> In it's, it's all I got. <laughs> but uh to me he's actually trying in this like you can tell you have a young actor that's trying to break it in and really cares for this character and is going for this character and i i, I really like the character of riddick a lot i think it's, he's a badass fucking character and i like i, said, I know like they kind of stumbled with the sequel but then they came to me they came back with the third movie yeah they went back to basics and back to like this format, but again, it was just because they fucked up. So with sequel, they were like, "Let's go back to what we know, and if this is successful, we'll build from there." And it ended up paying off. I think I actually just heard they're finally getting ready to like film the fourth movie. Like, Vin Diesel was finally like, I guess finding time between like you know his one successful franchise. um Because I'm sorry, Guardians, he just has to be called like three lines, so he just he's not he. Not much of a commitment to Guardians. Fuck, go fuck yourself, in Diesel. Um, but, you know, in this one, I really like him. Uh, it has Cole Howler here, I also love. And I think him and uh, Vin Diesel just played very well off each other. I, you know, there's a lot of cool shots that I, you know, I talked about in that when he blows that fucking candle and all the aliens are fucking surrounding him. And all night just cool, cool imagery, cool movie. And, yeah, I, I still love this movie. I will defend this movie when it comes to Vin Diesel. I won't, you know, I understand people's Fast and Furious opinions. That's fine. I, I get that. But I'll defend this movie.
0: That's your prerogative. I, I don't care for this movie. I'm pitch Black. All, all of them are, just kind of bleed together for me. I don't, I don't get it. Dick Riddick ain't no hero as far as I'm concerned. Whatever, it's just not my cup. I, I've I've given this film two chances now. I'm out. So, but you you keep on loving this movie. I'm glad you have such an affinity for it. I will, because
1: my opinion is right.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know, I made a new friend this semester in one of my classes. Who's one of his favorite movies is the Chronicles of Riddick. The sequel. Yeah. I think it's yeah, he told me how much he loves that movie specifically because of like the world building and like he's into like sci-fi RPGs, so that one's he likes that movie a lot. It
1: was way better sci-fi films and god
0: damn it. We talked about a lot of them, but that was the one that started the conversation because I was like I think I went like, Really? <laughs> you too. Is it is it me? Am I the problem? Yeah, you are the
1: problem. <laughs> Granted, I would make the argument that like everything he likes about Chronicles is a cliche and has been done in every other sci-fi film. And what makes Pitch Black work is that you don't know that much. And that's what actually hurts Chronicles is they spent so much fucking time trying to make it into a franchise of World Building. And he's in Prophecies and PG13. And yeah. yeah. Like I would I could easily argue that everything he likes is a cliche. And what was completely wrong for a fucking sequel to pitch black. And why they had to do what they did with Riddick, like the third one, to like try to get the fans back on board with this.
0: You could argue that, but but you're not going to. <laughs> well, he's not here right now. <laughs> Whatever. Pitch black. I know I'm gonna hear about it for the rest of time, but I don't I don't like it.
1: Well, because you're wrong. Yep. That's fine.
0: Black, which we did earlier this year, uh, yeah, that's a sad episode because I feel like I broke your heart. <laughs> yeah, because you lied to me for years. Yep, there it is. Oh, okay, my number one is a better movie. Um, I got it. One could argue it's not aliens, and you could be right, but I think there's enough evidence in this movie and i think that the way the creatures are presented i think aliens is a good enough term for it 2007's the mist uh interdimensional monsters attack a small main town i think you know aliens is i think it works the mist is a brilliant character study a terrifying horror movie and one of the bleakest fucking films ever made it is such a great movie. Incredible character development. He's watching a small town slowly slip into madness over having no other options of escape. And it's just, it's got one of uh, Stephen King's greatest villains in Mrs. Carmody, just an old woman spouting religious nonsense who slowly starts taking over this grocery store that all these people are trapped in. Uh, yeah, I, I love this movie to death. I think it's one of the best King adaptations ever. And a movie that just gets better every time i watch it
1: oh this is a really good movie i don't mean look, look if i can have color or space which is like the alien is a fucking color you can have the mess it's fine um okay uh but uh no this is a really good movie um i remember it took me a while to kind of come around this movie because you, you got like if you don't know like what's happening at the ending and fucking wallops you around in the gut so it's like, I remember for a while, I actually kind of hated the movie. I was like, how dare you fucking give me that ending? Fuck you, movie. But then, like, I came around, I was like, it's a good ending. Like, it's a tough ending. It's a hard ending, but it's a good fucking ending. Like, it it fits the story. And, and this this movie continues to show where I think Frank, Frank Darabont is one of the best when it comes to King adaptations. Like, the man just understands... His writing and how to translate it to the screen, and he does that so well here with the
0: mist. Oh, he's three for three. Um, yeah, this I think it's cool that the ending was Darabont's idea, and he actually made King admit that, like, he's King told Darabont like, "Your ending's better," and that's that's pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah, I I love this movie. I read a really disturbing fan theory about it. I might have mentioned this on the episode of the Mist that we did on Film Gas. But um, there's a theory that Mrs. Carmody was right. That the only way to get rid of the mist was to kill the boy. Because as soon as he shoots the boy, the mist lifts. So was it the military or was the sacrifice necessary? Like, who was, you know, she might have been right.
1: That's a disturbing <laughs> fan theory.
0: Yeah. Ugh, creepy. I've also heard that, like, she was possessed by Randall Flagg. I've heard that, that that theory. All sorts of stuff, like, you know king connects all of his shit it's it's great so there's probably something in there like those monsters are from you know roland's world of the dark tower things like that but uh definitely a great movie uh super sad super creepy great creature design uh, and just some really freaky gory moments uh, the whole like when they go to the pharmacy that's taken over by the spiders like good god the squid thing in the loading dock like oh my, well, there's so many great moments.
1: Yeah, they, they get some freaking freaky monsters I and mean, the best part is that they don't show a lot of them. Like, they keep it very minimalistic,
0: but what you do you see is creepy. It's just enough to keep you mesmerized, to keep you wondering what the fuck is going on. <laughs> like, clearly this is not normal. <laughs> but there's never, it's just, you know, there's rumors of army experimentation of some kind of portal up like in the mountains, but that's as vague as it gets. And I, I like that. I think it, you know, it keeps you guessing. Um, that was, yeah, the mist. My number one. Nice. All right, cool. That was fun. Let's uh, let's recap once you start. Yeah. All
1: right. Number five, I had a quiet place, which is a fantastic movie, Connor. You know, you're wrong. Number four is Color Out of Space. Three is Slither. Two, VHS 2, specifically the segment known as Slumber Party Alien Abduction, and one also a movie you're wrong about because it's great Pitch
0: I love that you bookended it with films I don't care about. Well done. Well done. Uh, number 5, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the uh, 50s one. Number 4, Slither. Number 3, Dark Skies. Number 2, Signs. Number 1, The Mist. Uh. Fantastic. I love doing these countdowns. It's always fun to get to sh- spotlight some movies we don't usually get to talk about. Yeah,
1: I, I enjoy this a lot. Uh, I would enjoy it more if I wasn't looking at you know, my software update thing. Thankfully, it hasn't just fucking restarted me, but nonetheless.
0: Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like what we do, you can always follow us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fantasm Productions. If you, want to suggest films, give us feedback, you can always shoot us a message there or email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or uh leave us some comments on youtube i always forget to plug youtube uh if you want to support sorry,
1: show, we have youtube that's right
0: yeah we also have a website i found that out recently
1: uh <laughs> we also <laughs> have a new show coming at some point mm-hmm. yes
0: we're going to be announcing that. Actually, this is a good place to announce the announcement. <laughs> We're going to be announcing the new show formally on our, uh, the, the filmgasm episode, The Week of Christmas. So that's in a couple weeks. Oh, a nice
1: little Christmas
0: present. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be
1: awesome. I'll say this much we have the first episode of can. So. Yes.
0: And it is fun. Uh, while the weather that day was a little chilly we did have fun recording that episode uh, it was great you guys are gonna love that show we already have decided it's our favorite show <laughs> so we're gonna the unanimous unanimous decision yeah it's is great um, so yeah uh, thanks for supporting the show anyway you uh, want to support it we appreciate it. Next week is a big one. We've got our third MCU film of the year. No, fourth. Fourth MCU. Third?
1: Fourth
0: I forgot Black Widow. So Black Widow, Chong-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home. Four. Well done, Marvel. Uh, so that's obviously our big priority. Also, we have Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley in theaters. And Benjamin Cleary's, or clearly, uh, drama Swan Song on Apple TV+. Also, Red Rocket gets a wider release, so hopefully one of us will get to watch that. I feel like I'm putting a lot of effort into this movie about a male porn star going home. I really want to see this movie. (laughs) Ah. So don't miss the original 2002 Spider-Man on Wednesday's Filmgasm and the 2018 animated flick Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse on Oscar Sunday. Spider-Man week. Uh, Have a great one and keep watching movies.